Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, I'm Rohit from LifeSelfMastery.com and today we have Fatima Deco, who's the CEO for Jetpack, which is an on-demand startup which can bring emergency items in a pinch. After studying chemical engineering at Columbia, Fatima worked at P&G as a younger senior engineer. Uh, Fatima is a recent graduate from Stanford's MBA program. Welcome to the show, Fatima. Thank you so much. I'm super excited for the conversation. Thanks for the invite, and I hope to have an awesome discussion. Awesome. So, you know, appreciate your journey as, you know, you have a unique life uh, journey as you've been an immigrant into uh, into uh, U.S., so you, you can start about you know about uh, about your childhood and you know how you got into U.S. and what made you become an entrepreneur. Yeah, so I originally was born in Mali in West Africa, and I came to the United States when I was really young. Um, at the time, I had tuberculosis, and Molly's um, medical facilities couldn't treat um, the, um, the d- disease effectively. And so I came to the United States. Um, my dad came a few years before my mom and I to study computer science. Um, and when I got to New York City, you know, as you can imagine, it was extremely overwhelming having to learn English, get integrated, you know, learn an entirely new world. Um, and I would say that entire experience probably started to um, put some of the, the seeds in place for entrepreneurship and what that's all about, primarily because I was always asking questions and being really inquisitive. Um, and, you know, as you can imagine, if you're in a place where um, you are not, um, you know, you don't really understand what's going on, naturally your mind is going to gravitate towards asking questions. And, you know, the more I continue to embark on this entrepreneurial journey, I find that most of it is just asking questions and testing hypotheses. So I would say that's how that played a role. Um you know, into into choosing to be an entrepreneur. Got it. <clears throat> you know, why did we want to solve this problem for, uh, you know, uh, uh, bring, out, bring out emergency items uh, for, uh, for you know, college students or college graduates? Yeah, so <laughs> for a lot of people who know me, um, you know, I'm extremely forgetful when it comes to bringing the products that I need to different places. I'm constantly, you know, my phone is dying. I need a charger. Uh, you know, I need some sunscreen, all these different last minute items um, that I need. And so I realized other students were doing a similar thing in that they were asking for other they were asking their other friends for items, whether it was through text message, email, or Slack. Um, but the more I started to dig into this, I realized that there was no way to use GPS um, to make that process easier. Um, if you can imagine, if you're in the middle of a crowded place, there's no way to ask everyone in your immediate vicinity if they have something that you need. Um, and we have seen 
you know, the rise of the sharing economy, people are getting more and more used to this idea of using other people's items. Um, in fact, people care more about having access to an item rather than actually owning the item. And so it was these trends and the problem that I was experiencing myself that led me to realizing that there has to be a way to use the people who are in your immediate vicinity to get those things you need right away. Got it. And, uh, uh, you know, you're solving a, a huge pocket that's worth $13 billion and you know, it's, it's growing college, university, on-demand market. But uh, I, I want to I talk about your competitors like DoorDash, uh, Uberrush, Instacart, and, you know, how, how you're different uh, and how you're able to differentiate yourself in such a crowded space. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, you know, obviously, there's a lot of on-demand companies who follow a model of having delivery runners um, essentially fulfill the different requests of people by accepting an order and then going to the store to pick up a product and then delivering it to the person. And where we feel that um, there's a unique opportunity area is in the zero to 15 minute delivery time frame. Um, if you think about, you know, a, a delivery runner going to a store and delivering a product, it's going to be very difficult to get into the zero to 15 minute time frame because they need to park their car, find the right building, gain access into the building. And so one fundamental way that we're different is that we don't have delivery runners. We use students who are already in the area, who have a fundamental understanding of the campus, who have access into the buildings and so on. And so we're not having anyone pick up a request, go to a store and then come back, um, but rather we're using the people and allowing them to use their own products to fulfill the request. Oh, that's interesting. So, um, so when you use students for, uh, for using the app, you know, do they get a payout for, for every time that they deliver products or how, how do you, how do you try to monetize them in this sort of a, looks like a, uh, you know, cake, uh, economy product for me. Yeah. If it's an item that we stock, um, then they get the equivalent of $5 per transaction. If they use their own item, so something that they end up having around, um, then we take 15% of that transaction. Um, and so, you know, as you can imagine, um, you know, you request something for 10 bucks, I end up having it, I'll take the 850 and then Jetpack um, essentially gets a service fee for connecting the two people. Got it. And, you know, I want to talk about, you know, what are your customer acquisition channels and, you know, uh, you know how, how do you plan to get your first thousand users or if you, or if you already have had your first thousand users, you can just, uh, you know, uh, let us know what, what was the strategy you used to get your, you know, first thousand users. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that was really interesting um, that I read was around really good platforms simply redirecting pre-existing behavior. Um, and when I spoke earlier about people doing this already, one of the primary places they students would go um, is on dorm listservs, 
Facebook groups or Slack channels to essentially ask for these last minute items. Um, and as a student, you know, you are on these listers, you are on these channels, and you can simply go there um, and acquire customers that way. So that's been a very effective customer acquisition channel for us. Got it. And, uh, you know, you, you raise capital from, from Republic and, uh, you know, over some time you've also raised, uh, till now I think you raised around $800,000 from uh, venture funds like uh, Dom Room, Room Fund, Sophie, uh, Precursor Ventures. So, you know, how, why did you use uh, a, a platform like Republic, uh, Republic and, uh, and how did you get on to raise funds from uh, these high quality VCs? Yeah, when we first talked about the idea to different investors, um, you know, if you're not a college student, it can be initially pretty difficult to understand the value proposition, especially differentiating it from all of these other on-demand platforms that are there. And so we had a pretty difficult time raising funds early on in the business. People didn't really get it. Um, they didn't think that we'd be able to compete um, in a world where essentially Amazon runs everything um, and didn't understand the unique opportunity on campuses. And so we launched the campaign initially on Republic, which, you know, gave the opportunity for students around the country to become investors and, you know, people who would actually use the product um, to be involved in this investment process. And that's how we raised our first 250K um, to essentially continue the momentum and the traction that we had on Stanford um, and get onto other campuses and to revamp the product and so on. And it was through that process and seeing our growth and seeing people use it, seeing the product come to life. Um, that's when we really um, gained some more leverage to be able to get some of the other investors on board. Um, and so we've been able to bring in, as you mentioned, a lot of awesome investors. We're excited about the expertise that they can bring in. Um, but that initial capital, Republic was so instrumental um, in getting us from that stage to, to where we are today. Got it. And uh, are, are you in the process of raising more funds? Because, you know, uh, as a founder, you know, uh, you need to keep on raising funds in, in such a crowded <laughs> space. Yeah, someone was mentioning your job as a CEO is slowly going to become almost entirely fundraising and hiring, which yeah. I um, am understanding a lot more now. Um, but right now, uh, we've wrapped up fundraising for now, and we're going to focus on expanding to other campuses, um, nailing the product, nailing customer acquisition, showing that we can get equilibrium on both sides of the marketplace, showing consistent growth, and then um, in Q2 of next year, um, hopefully going forward to raise a larger um, seed round. Got it. And uh, would you be still sticking on to getting more you know colleges on board for now or just like facebook you're going to open it for everybody and you know uh make it make it a product which which is not only specific to to colleges yeah so we believe you know there's 20.4 million college students in the u.s um, and approximately one in six students every day broadcast a request for something they need either through text message email or slack um, we believe that there's a large enough opportunity for us to focus for at least the next 12 to 18 months primarily on college campuses. 
However, we do believe in the future this has applicability um, in different locations and cities, whether that's, you know, events like marathons and uh, music festivals or locations like airports, co-working spaces, large apartment buildings. And so the key is to really focus on college campuses, but make sure that we're gaining learnings that can be applicable to similar sorts of demographics and regions in the country as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is the revenue model for uh, Jetpack? You know, how, how do you, how do you make money? Is it is it focused on B two C or do you, do you also have a B two B element to it? Yeah. So I mean, primarily right now, as I mentioned, we're taking a percentage um, of the different interactions on the platform when people use their own products. However, you know, with any marketplace, as you collect more and more data on the types of things that are being requested and the types of things that are fulfilled, you can now start to hack supply by bringing these samples in um, and saying, you know what, on this campus, these are the top three requested products. Um, Let's bring in samples of these products to be able to better fulfill demand. And you can imagine that this serves as an interesting B2B marketing platform. However, our primary focus right now is really that service fee from the B2C front in terms of connecting people who need things with the people who have them. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, I want to talk about, uh, about some revenue numbers, you know, uh, are, are you, uh, you know, if you're comfortable talking about it, what's your, uh, what's your cost of acquisition and your LGB numbers and, you know, what, what are the revenue numbers you've done in, in the past one year or so? Yeah, so with those numbers, those are things that we're keeping in-house right now. What we can share is that we're um, growing at about 13% week over week. Um, And so we're focusing on transactions right now. But in terms of our CAC, LTV, um, and revenue numbers, those are things that um, we're saving internally as we get into the expansion. Uh, And... uh, uh uh, you know, you you raised uh, you know close to million dollars. What what is the money uh, to be used for uh, when you when you raise a seed fund of of a million dollars or less than that? Uh, is, it, is it distributed towards uh, hiring people or you know uh, for uh, or do you use it for paid ads? You know, what is what is the strategy for for a founder who goes on uh, raise a seed fund? I mean, how how do you? How do you make sure that you you know grow the company and uh, you know add more people into into your team? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, a lot of that is going to go towards really expanding on campuses and customer acquisition. So this is going to be a combination of paying different brand ambassadors who are on these campuses and are able to send these emails out to the different email listservs, um, the different Slack channels, um, different events on campus. So really paying people who can look at this as essentially an internship um, in terms of growing a company on their campus from zero users to a few thousand users. So a lot of the money will be going there um, to acquire people on campuses. Um, we're going to be doing a road show, going around to different campuses, handing out different gifts and that sort of thing. Um, and then we do want to bring in um, a head of technology and a head of product 
as we go forward. Um, you know, our team is about 10 people right now, but there are going to be some upcoming um, key hires for us. Um, but that will be where a majority of the funds go. Got it. And, uh, you know, I've uh, been part of the, the, the investments uh, when you, you were trying to raise funds on Republic. And, and I like what I like is that you you had shared a couple of updates uh, uh, to, uh, uh, yeah, to, your, to your investors. Uh, so do you, do you think, you know, it makes sense to update your investors about, uh, about your strategy going forward? Or, or do you think an entrepreneur... Uh, is not needed to you know, update, uh, you know, their investors on uh, on what uh, what is the roadmap and you know what they're planning to do in the in a couple of, in, in, in last few months because so few entrepreneurs, you know, uh, give an update about uh, about the company. So, so, what is your take on that? Yeah, I think updates are really important because they get people invested in the journey, right? It, it, it makes them understand the challenges that you're going through. It gives people an opportunity to jump in and add value as they see the things that are currently on your mind. Um, and I think that, you know, similar to why people buy products, you know, oftentimes they don't buy what you're buying. They buy um what or what you're selling they buy why you're selling it and i think by showing our journey showing how we're persevering it allows people to see why we're doing what we're doing and get invested in a deeper way um and so that's why i think it's important i think quarterly is definitely i wouldn't do anything more frequent than that um, because then it ends up taking time and then the updates may not be as substantial um, and then people start to wonder you know, what's going on and, you know, the updates are similar because things in a startup um, can go up and down and all over the place. And so I think quarterly is a pretty good frequency just to update people on what's going well, what's not going well, and where people can help if they want to. Got it. And uh, so what is the way forward for, for Chip back uh, you know, in 2018 and 19? Yeah, you know, the next 12 months is going to be hardcore campuses, customer acquisition, customer acquisition, um, really nailing it so that we are, um, you know, a dorm room name um, on campuses and people understand similar to like Venmo or Tilt. When you hear Jetpack, it's a product that um, is very familiar to students. And so just getting that brand notoriety, that visibility, that customer acquisition, continuing to nail down product market fit, show that people are requesting things, show our ability to fulfill those requests quickly. Um, these are all things that we're going to be heads down executing on over the next 12 months. Awesome. So uh, let's quickly do the top three. Uh, what's your favorite business book? Yeah, so that changes <laughs> probably every couple weeks or so. Um, but right now, what I've um, been revisiting is the hard thing about hard things. Um, ben Horowitz um, does a really good job getting vulnerable with his story, his journey, his ups and downs, um, and really talks about how the hardest part of entrepreneurship is managing your own psychology, um, which I think is very, very true for so many reasons. Um, and he also really, you know, brings up a few points about 
the only way you fail is if you run out of money or if you give up, which is really inspiring because it puts the entire um, project and company into a game of resilience, um, which is very motivating for people um, as it becomes just a, a, you just need to be motivated to stick with it. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's totally a great book and a lot of founders uh, on, on the podcast have talked about it. Uh, you know, if you could go back in time when you started Jetpack, what is the one thing you would have focused on? Hmm, let's see. I think that, you know, going into Jetpack, we launched the backpacks and we put in the most important products in in these backpacks. And what we got right was that students were a very effective way of delivering this, these products. But what was challenging and what we didn't imagine would be so difficult was understanding what to put in these backpacks. And so that's when we started to move and integrate the ability for people to transact their own items as well. Um, and then by doing so, we were able to start to notice trends on different campuses that could inform what's in the backpacks. So I think um, if I could go back in time, I think we should have started with the marketplace and then brought in jetpackers afterwards rather than the reverse, which is what we, what we ended up doing. Got it. And uh, what's your favorite online tool, for example, Gmail or Slack? So right now, my favorite tool is Notion. Um, we just moved to it. It's been phenomenal. It's increased our productivity uh, by a great amount. And there's so many of these tools out there, but what Notion does really well is integrate everything from task management to document organization, keeping meeting minutes, um, onboarding packets for new developers. It's really been phenomenal. Um, I've struggled to find a tool that's that comprehensive and that solid, and I've been um, super impressed, and I love it. And uh, you know, what is the best way people can reach out to you? Yeah, so my Twitter is at Fatima Dico underscore. Um, our website is jtpk.co and our social media handles on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are all at Let's Jetpack. Awesome. So, you know, thank you very much for coming on to the show, uh, Fatima. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for the invite. This was awesome and I love the conversation. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.